everyone. Welcome to the show. Well, it's been a whirlwind of a week in the Middle East. Over in Palestine, Hamas publicly released two Israeli hostages. The terrorist government of Gaza has been under increasing pressure to do so. Meanwhile, Israel has now shown journalists hor horrific body cam footage of the barbaric Hamas attacks on civilians. There are reports U.S. leaders are urging Israel not to wage a ground war too soon. CBN Middle East Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell has more on the escalating crisis. Hamas posted video of members taking care of Yokovid Lifshitz, 85, and Nurit Cooper, 79, before handing them over to the Red Cross in Egypt, which took them to Israel. These people aren't humanitarians. They are bloodthirsty killers. And if they are releasing people, it's because they're being compelled to do so by the pressure we're placing upon them. And as that pressure increases, I believe you'll get more people out. The women were kidnapped on October 7th from kibbutz near Oz, bringing the total number of released hostages to four. Their husbands are still in captivity. We really hope that this is the beginning of the release for the rest of the hostages, which is very important. And more important than their release, we hope that this will continue. At least 220 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas, including 30 children. One of them, Ohad Munder Zikri, turned nine years old in captivity yesterday. French President Emmanuel Macron became the latest world leader to visit Israel in a show of solidarity. Macron arrived in Tel Aviv on Tuesday and met with Israeli French nationals who lost loved ones as well as families of hostages. He also met with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and Israeli President Isaac Herzog. What happened 7th of October? is an awful terrorist attack against your people, your nation. It's right. And it was an immense shock for the whole planet, especially in France. I'm here to express our solidarity today and tomorrow. Earlier, Israeli officials showed journalists terrorist body cam footage of the initial Hamas invasion. Most of the material was not for publication, but officials said it was to combat a Holocaust denial-like phenomenon that is appearing in the media. Of the couple hundred journalists who attended the screening, many of them were brought to tears by what they saw, and some had to get up and leave the room. But the IDF said it was important to release the unedited video to counter the narrative that's being pushed around the world that this is all just a big exaggeration. And I have to say that in 15 years of reporting on conflicts, this is some of the worst, most brutal personal violence I have seen. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu Defense Minister Yoav Gallant and Lieutenant General Herzi Halevi told the nation that they are working together as an iron fist to eliminate Hamas. I want the citizens of Israel to know something else. We make decisions here and in the War Cabinet unanimously. We do so with great responsibility. We do so with deep awareness. We're fighting together and we will win together, only together. Israel's military buildup continues along the Gaza border. The IDF said on Tuesday it struck more than 400 terror targets in Gaza in the last day, killing Hamas commanders and operatives who were preparing attacks. This amid reports that the U.S. is urging Israel not to start a ground war in Gaza until it can get more resources on the ground to deter a wider war and to allow time to get more hostages released.
White House National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby said the U.S. is not trying to dictate to Israel. It's our view that the Israeli Defense Forces, Steve, need to decide for themselves how they're going to conduct operations. We're not in the business of of uh, dictating terms to them. Meanwhile, in the north, Israel continued striking Hezbollah targets in response to rocket and anti-tank missile launches from Lebanese territory. Chris Mitchell, CBN News, Jerusalem. Well, there is indeed no denying that the attack did indeed yes. happen on October 7th. And Israel is defending itself. It's got a right to do so. Absolutely. And we are commanded to pray. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we're going to do right now. Absolutely. Yeah, would you lead us up? Absolutely. Father, we are just grateful, Father, for the privilege and the opportunity to boldly come to the throne of grace, to pray for peace, Father God, in the Middle East, Father, and for your will to always be done, for us to continually recognize that you are God, you are sovereign, yeah. and you remain on the throne. And as we see untenable circumstances, Father, as we not know what the end is, is and when, yeah. Father, we know that you indeed are still Lord of all. Amen, amen. amen. Lord, I just, I, I'm feeling like a lot of people are getting weary. Mm. Israelis themselves, individuals who are in that region, <clears throat> excuse me, even people here in America, how can we pray? How can we yes. help? Sometimes we get weary, Lord, but your word tells us to come all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Your word also says that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So Lord, right now, we just, like, we just, in an act of surrender, just yes. give this situation to you, Father. We lay it at your feet. It is not our job to figure out how everything's going to happen or when this is going to end, Lord. It it all belongs to you. Yes. And so we let you do what you do best, which is run the universe. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are sitting on the throne of this situation. We continue to pray for yes, peace, God. for the peace of Jerusalem, yes, peace within Israel, peace around its borders in the name of Jesus. Name and will you just Jesus. continue to encourage us, Father, with yes. your word, invigorate our souls and our spirits, our minds, our hearts and bodies, with your peace and yes. with your love, Jesus. In your mighty name, we pray and ask all of this. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I do just want to let everyone know, just a reminder, we have a prayer center that is open literally 24-7. We have amazing prayer warriors on the other side of that phone call who can just lift you up and pray for you in your darkest hour. It's our honor and our privilege to do so. So give Amen. us a call. That number is 1-800-700-7000. Well, Jews are being forced to flee across Israel. Many want to be safe back at home, but some don't have homes to go back to. During this crisis, you are taking care of these families, and you're not just helping them, you're blessing them as well. Relief efforts continue today for those displaced by Hamas attacks on Israel. People in border communities were told by soldiers to evacuate. So CBN Israel has paid for hundreds of people to stay at two hotels and continues to support them as they live far from home. Just now I was talking to a 10-year-old girl. She was saying, oh yeah, there were terrorists. I saw them outside our window. And today my father had to go back to Stilhot because we don't have anything here. And I know it's really dangerous for him and I'm worried for him. The clothes I'm wearing I've washed in a bath and hung on a plastic chair on a balcony. People want to go home. They don't have a home. So CBN Israel has been buying quantities of socks, T-shirts, and other necessary items. 
They're stored and distributed from a warehouse at our humanitarian ministry partner, Rivers of Living Water in Carmiel. Clothing, food, socks, and other items were received with gratitude by people at the hotels and from soldiers at nearby army bases. Thank you very much for arranging this for us. We really appreciate it. They gave us a lot. But the need is growing, according to Irina Friedman, who heads Rivers of Living Water. We are ready to receive refugees from the south part of Israel and also from the north, like Kiryat Shmona, Mitula. People are running, saving their lives. All of these resources and much more, food, clothing, blankets, and emergency supplies, are now available thanks to help from CBN Israel partners. We're so glad that we are ready to receive them, to bless them. To help with the growing need, Operation Blessing has now joined forces with CBN Israel. Our first project together, to restore and equip this food trailer that will serve free prepared meals for evacuees. CBN's Operation Blessing is in Eilat, Israel. The situation here is dire, it's very a precarious situation. The families you can see in their eyes, the despair, the lost, they don't know what the future is gonna look like for them. But now here in this hotel, we are going to support them with meals, daily meals for them, and hygiene supplies, because many of them uh, left home in a hurry uh, and they, they didn't bring anything with them. We're so thankful to all of you, CBN partners, that uh, all these years and all this time you are standing nearby us. I'd like to thank all of you and the Lord God of Israel bless you abundantly. CBN, along with Operation Blessing in Israel on the ground, thank you very much for your support. If you are a CBN partner, those blessings and those thank yous go to you. If you're a CBN partner, you are helping people in their darkest hour. And that is powerful because that is the gospel. We are helping people in Israel in real, tangible ways, as you just saw in that story. And we have multiple entities under CBN. We obviously, you saw in that piece, there's Operation Blessing International. And if you're a CBN partner, a portion of every single gift goes into the work of what, of what Operation Blessing International is doing around the world, especially right now in Israel. But then we also have a designated fund called CBN Israel. If you want your gift, all of your gift to go directly to what is happening in Israel right now, all you have to do is become a partner with CBN Israel. You can write us a check. Just put CBN Israel on the memo line. This, the address is CBN Center, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23463. You can also give us a call 1-800-700-7000 and say, I would like to designate my gift to CBN Israel. You can also text CBN Israel to 71777. And from there, you'll get a link uh, in a text message. You click that link. It's going to send you over to our giving page again, where you can designate your gift to CBN Israel. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Now is the time to stand with the nation of Israel and say, we support you. We see you. We love you. And God loves you. So give us a call. 1-800-700-7000. Ephraim. It's been more than 70 years since Israel declared statehood. In that time, the crisis of Palestinian refugees has only gotten worse. Many experts believe that there is one party to blame, and it is not the Israelis. When the Jewish people declared independence in 1948, they offered their Arab neighbors an olive branch, full and equal citizenship. 
About a tenth of Palestine's Arabs took them up on their offer. The rest declared war. The 160,000 Palestinian Arabs that chose to stay with their neighbors, they became full citizens of the reborn state of Israel. They have full rights, equal opportunities in the Israeli society. But what happened to the others? The Arabs tell the story of the Palestinian Nakba, or catastrophe, in which the Jews expelled hundreds of thousands of Arabs by force. But the facts tell a very different story, one that started even before Israel became a state. One month before the Jews declared independence, British troops evacuated the northern coastal city of Haifa. When the Jewish Haganah took control, the city's Arabs were ordered to flee, but not by the Jews. The Arab populations, many of them, heeded the calls from the Arab leaders, leave the area so the conquering, advancing Arab armies can just kill the Jews and drive them into the sea. This is exactly what created the Palestinian refugee problem. As one refugee told a Jordanian newspaper, the Arab government told us, get out so that we can get in. We got out, but they did not get in. By the end of the war in 1949, around 600,000 Arabs had left Palestine. But today, over 5 million people are registered as Palestinian refugees. Why do their numbers keep growing? And why aren't they getting help from their fellow Arabs who encourage them to leave their homes in the first place? The short answer is that they wanted to keep them as pawns, as a tool against Israel, to look at Israel and the Jews as those who created this quote-unquote injustice to the Palestinians. The refugees should have been absorbed by their fellow Arabs in neighboring countries, but that plan fell apart when the Arab nations refused to take the Palestinians even though they had been offered international funds to pay for them. The only exception was Jordan, which absorbed more than two million Palestinians. By international law, the refugees that are in any country have to be treated with dignity. This was not the case with the Arab refugees of Palestine or with the Arab countries. They were denied uh, citizenship, social security, uh, healthcare, education, and they were put as a burden on the international community. Also, their children, who by law should receive citizenship as they were born in these countries, were denied citizenship. Today, 1.8 million Palestinians live in the Gaza Strip, and 1.5 million of them are registered refugees who take help from the United Nations. All the money that the international community gave to the Palestinians far surpasses any uh, contributions, any donations that any other people received throughout history. This money was not used to solve the Palestinian refugee problems. Unfortunately, it was used to rearm and uh, obtain terror uh, capabilities against Israel. For seven decades, Arab leaders have pushed for a Palestinian right of return to Israel. 
But what you don't often hear is that the 1948 war created two sets of refugees, one Arab and one Jewish. After Israeli independence, all bets were off. Ancient Jewish communities throughout the Middle East were decimated. There were about 850,000 Jewish refugees from Arab countries. Most of them were expelled or ran away for their lives to Israel. They never had any compensations. They never had any restoration of their rights after their citizenship was stripped away from them. And why don't we hear about their Jewish refugee problem? Because Israel absorbed them from the get-go. And today, they are descendants. They're proud Israeli citizens. Throughout the 20th century, tens of millions of refugees around the world have been successfully resettled. So why haven't the Palestinians done the same? Here's how one of UNRWA's own directors, Sir Alexander Galloway, answered that question in 1952. The Arab nations do not want to solve the refugee problem. They want to keep it as an open sore, as an affront to the United Nations and as a weapon against Israel. Arab leaders do not give a damn whether Arab refugees live or die. And this is what the tragedy is, that the Palestinians have not been able to produce leaders who would be strong enough, who would be courageous enough, who would be wise enough to really seek peace. This all or nothing approach leaves and will leave them with nothing. An open sore against Israel. This raises so many questions. What we're seeing today causes us to look back at history and ask ourselves exactly why are we here? Well, we are helping to educate and inform you, not that you will only know history, but also so you'll know how to pray for what we're seeing and facing today. There are so many questions. Who are the Palestinians? What is the 1967 border situation? Who has claimed to the West Bank? This is the oldest land dispute in some 70 years. So exactly why are we here? This helps to answer many questions, and it is our privilege to inform you so that you know your history, but also so you know how to pray. The story you just saw is part of our DVD. It's called Whose Land Is It? It's two parts. This series answers many questions that are at the forefront of today's conflict. It shows you that Jews have a legal right to the land of Israel and why the Palestinian refugee crisis remains such a problem some 70 years later. Now you can receive this DVD with an instant streaming access of whose land is it for a gift of any dollar amount. Simply go to cbn.com slash whose land or you can call us. That number is 800-700-7000. Ashley. Well, still ahead, jaw shattered and carotid artery severed. This policeman was shot point blank in the face and was bleeding out. See how the power of prayer led to a miracle. Stay with us. A couple of years ago, Sean Hull was working as a canine police officer with his partner, Jax. It was three in the morning when something went horribly wrong. And before he realized what was happening, Sean was on the pavement bleeding. 
I remember seeing the muzzle flash. I felt like I got punched by the Hulk. I could see all the blood. And I closed my eyes, preparing to open them up in heaven. A canine officer with 10 years of experience, Sean Hull knew well the dangers that came with the job, but nothing could have prepared him for what would happen on the night of February 21st, 2021. At about 3 a.m., Sean approached a criminal in his car who'd evaded arrest just a few hours before. I tell him, let me see your hands. You're under arrest. All of a sudden, he dives from the driver's seat over to the passenger side area of the car. And when I grabbed onto his arm, I got sucked into the car. It was a fight immediately. The two spilled out of the car onto the pavement. As Sean struggled to subdue the criminal with one hand, he was trying to holster his gun with the other. But it would not go in. I didn't feel like at that time that I was at the level of deadly force yet. I didn't feel like I had risen to the level yet of being able to take his life. Sean managed to call for backup in the middle of the fight, but they were still several blocks away. On any other occasion, he'd be able to press a button on his vest to release his canine jacks from his cruiser, but the button was malfunctioning. Then he lost his gun. The gun pops out of my hand. We make eye contact. And he dives, and he I see his hand hit the gun. It lines up perfect with my face. I knew that I'd been hit in the face, and I knew that it was bad enough that I had bone and blood coming out. Now, I was a saved Christian. I was mentally preparing myself to leave this side of life and be at Heaven's Gates. But something happened, though. When I closed my eyes, I saw my wife and my two kids, and I saw them as real as anything I'm looking at right now in front of me. I literally felt like I could reach out and I could touch them. It was like when I saw that, that this desire to fight, uh, this thing just came over me. The only way I know how to describe it is it was supernatural. Sean opened his eyes to see the man with his gun aimed at his head. He jumped up, swinging out his arm at the moment it fired shooting his hand. I had just fallen back to the ground and I get on the radio for the final time. And that's when I say, help, I'm dying. And I remember I could see on the street flashing blue and red lights coming down the road. So I knew they were showing up. I knew my help was finally there. With his jaw shattered and the carotid artery on his right side severed, Sean was bleeding to death. Miraculously, an ambulance was nearby and got him to the ER without a moment to spare. He stayed conscious the whole way until he was put under for surgery. The Lord put each and every piece of this puzzle together. He put every person, every piece of equipment, everything exactly where it needed to be to allow me to live that night. Sean suffered a stroke and required 72 units of blood. After hours in surgery, while his loved ones prayed, he finally stabilized. He'd go on to have a dozen operations to reconstruct his jaw and left hand after losing a finger. But he recovered quickly, to which he gives all credit to God. He worked through those doctors and surgeons' hands. I should be dead 
from a medical standpoint, but God had other plans and worked a miracle out of this situation. The shooter was apprehended shortly after fleeing the scene, and it was discovered that he dropped a gun of his own during the fight. He was sentenced to between 34 to 43 years in prison. The Lord settled into my heart. Do not be angry and do not hate. I've forgiven him for what he did to me, and uh, that's my hope and prayer for him, is that he will come to know Christ at some point in his life before it's too late, before he passes on and that chance is gone. Sean is back to enjoying life with his family. Both he and his canine, Jax, retired from the force, and he's gone on to work with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team as a chaplain coordinator. He now shares his story of survival at public speaking events, looking to inspire others and encourage them to put their faith in Jesus Christ. This was to be used to bring him honor and glory. I'm getting to do things inside of this life that if I had not been shot, I would have never been able to do. Speak about God and speak about faith and speak about what he did for me and what he can do for them. It feels incredible to be able to wake up every day and take a breath, to be able to continue to make memories with my kids, with my wife, and worship God and thank Him for what He did for me. The amazing power of God. Now, you may not be staring down the barrel of a gun, but we in life are all facing something. And just like God did it for him, I want to say to you today that God wants to put the pieces of the puzzle back together again for your life so that he can fulfill his purpose in you. Ashley and I are going to quickly pray for you before we depart. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have a plan and purpose for everyone watching, no matter what the situation circumstance, difficulty, pain. You, Father God, are a God who orchestrates all and causes all things to work together for our good. As I was reminded earlier in this program, I'm just reminded again of the beautiful scripture that Jesus says, come, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. If you have never come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, come today. He's willing and able to set you free, to make you new. Just pray a simple prayer in Jesus' name, amen and amen. amen. If you guys need help with that prayer and just surrendering your life to Jesus or you need prayer for anything at all, please give us a call, 1-800-700-7000. Well, here's a word from Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. It couldn't be more true. God bless you guys. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.